What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to the season finale of Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors, episode 33, covering WWF Superstars and WCW Saturday Night from December the 12th, 1992. I am one half of this retrosexual hosting squad of a tag team, Dave Rosenbluth from Kicking Out at Two. And joining me, as always, is the architectural engineer of the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network, the creator of Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania is Dead, Origins of Attitude, as well as this fine network you're listening to right now, Kobe Naito. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Dave? Um, last last episode of the season right here, marking out the day's Weekend Warriors. I'm excited. 33, episode 33, right? Yeah, we finally got it right. <laughs> yeah, we finally got it right, and then we're ending the show. Damn. Yeah. But just for now, because... The folks in WWE Network haven't uh, uploaded any new episodes of Superstars. Otherwise, we'd be going back and forth dueling once again. But um, yeah, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna put a we're gonna put a halt on this concept right now. But we're, we're not done, as no. you know. We're not done by any means when it comes to our collaboration. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll have something cooking for uh, the beginning of 2020. That's for sure. Yeah, we have plenty of. Bonus content coming soon. Dave and I uh, will still be working together, so uh, be prepared for that in the month of December, actually. There's still going to be content from you and I, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, is it okay to spill the beans, or have we confirmed something yet? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Well, since we are ending um, this concept here, the Weekend Warriors with uh, Superstars and Saturday Night... um, it just so happens that at the end of this month, on December the twenty eighth, it was our it, it will be our one year anniversary of this collaboration with Kicking Out at Two, joining the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. So I thought of a great idea and uh, to kind of keep with what Kobe and I have been covering this last thirty three weeks. Um, we're going to do a special watch-along bonus here on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network of Starcade 1992. We're going to watch that show from beginning to end on WWE Network. It was the uh, the Battle Bowl concept they had that year where they have the random guys pick a, you know, picked out of a hat and they team together yeah and then they go on to to if they win they go on to a battle royal there's also the king of cable with sting invader ron simmons defending the world heavyweight title um and 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 so much more on that show a starcade that probably doesn't get talked about a whole lot because it was during a time period that wrestling fans don't like to talk about a whole lot but why don't we talk about it and why don't we watch it with all of you on wwe network so yeah it'll that's be like a drop at the end of december and uh looking forward to it Absolutely. It'll be like a culmination of the year of coverage from you and I for 1992, really. Um, We kind of picked up uh, Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors around April, I'd say. Yeah. So uh, it was April. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, after we finally got, after we finally decided that we can't recap forty-seven shows that no, took place no. Sorry. Um, on one day, no, that's all good. Um, <laughs> that you know, we, we had we had to scale it back a little bit. And uh, but you know, speaking of forty-seven shows or uh, plus that, uh, okay, congratulations to you and I for doing one hundred and twenty shows this year since we launched yes. the net- network. Uh, yes. I mean, really, a great a achievement. Um, I really, I really can't thank you enough, and thanks all the fans that have listened and supported us. Uh, you can continue to do that by liking, rating, reviewing, and sharing everything, and finding us on any podcasting 
app or platform by searching Retromania with a W, Spotify, Google Play, Apple Music. Uh, I've seen some other ones that people have, um, you know, just random like CastBox or something. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, um, you can find us there. Box. You can Rock you can always find box. us. <laughs> Nice. You can always find us as well on Facebook. We have a nice community there where we share videos and memes and uh, what's going on. And we'll start to do some more polls for what you guys want for upcoming bonus content while Dave and I think about some new content that we're going to work on for our next season of Marking Out the Days or our next project. Um, so stay tuned for all of that. Follow us on Facebook at Retromania with a W. You can write to us old school style at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter. I'm going to get more into that, I swear, this year. It's, it's going to be the year of Twitter for me. Um, I've never really been big on the Twitter. I mean, I link everything that we share there, but um, I want to be more active on the Twitter. Yeah. So uh, Retromania P-O-D, Retromania Pod, do that there. And Dave, why don't you let everybody know where we can find you and what's going on this week, last week, and next week on Kicking Out at Two. Well, before I do all that, I'd like to thank you first for, uh, for, for, for searching me out, finding me, and uh, giving me another outlet to put my show out there. Um, you know, joining the network has uh, helped tremendously with kicking out it, too. And uh, the collaboration with this, marking out the day's weekend warriors, it's been a lot of fun. And I wouldn't be able to do half of this without you. Um, and I really mean that. I'm not, you know, here to glad hand you and bullshit you. Um, as you know, and I'll you know disclose it to th- those that are listening. The uh, I'm technically challenged, so to speak, when it comes to when it comes to the the fine arts of modern technology. Um, as they say in the business, I'm green as goose shit, and so uh, you know a lot of times. Um, Kobe has, uh, well, actually not a lot of times, but all the time, he's been the one uploading the shows and putting them out there. Um, because you know he's got the means to do so and our schedules you know have have fluctuated yours and mine over the course of this collaboration but stuck the course and we've done our thing and we've 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 seen the i I wouldn't say the proverbial light at the end of the tunnel but the the, we know what the end game is um and that's just to continue to build and grow so uh you know i want to thank you personally for putting up with my shit and for being patient and for you know just overall accepting me into your community and hopefully we can accept others into our community not just me because you know if you guys out there listen you have a wrestling podcast you want your voice to be heard we want you to join the family we want to see what you got send us a link show us what you got if you love retro pro wrestling current pro wrestling anything pro wrestling related come join this network be a part of all the fun that Kobe and are having because we're having so much fun that we need to share it because um, we, we just don't we just don't have enough time to, to to have as much fun as we would like to but we're having a lot of fun so yeah. i guess that yeah, is totally stumbling over my words there. no i mean we, we just <laughs> but, want um, we just year two we want more we want more contribution from other people and we want uh more listeners so i'm gonna yes, go out i'm yes. we're gonna be promoting more we're gonna you know this is the year year two um is gonna be uh, solidified by the foundation that we built over this past year and then yes. continue dave i'm sorry no 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 that's a, no you said it best i don't think there's any more than i could say other than thank you and thank you we, we we hope that all of you that are listening if there are those that have opinions that would like to express them in the form of their own podcast by all means the doors open and uh we hope to hear from you soon now with that being said um 
last week, this week, next week, over at Kicking Out at Two. Last week, we brought to you all in the Kayfabe family. Um, uh, Thanksgiving was uh, was approaching rapidly, and Thanksgiving sometimes, most times, all the time represents being together with family whether they're blood related or they're not blood related it's family well i thought it'd be a good idea to expose some of the familial ties to family relations in professional wrestling but in the kayfabe form pairs that have been put together that are not blood related but had portrayed siblings relatives on screen in the world of professional wrestling my 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 shoot non-kayfabe brother justin joined me for that we had a lot of fun going over the uh the 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 pairings over the years some good some bad um why they worked why they didn't work etc this week uh you'll get to uh you'll get to experience my recap on what i would like to call the worst pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling as the third installment of our blind date diaries brings to you ecw's december to dismember spoiler alert this show sucked i'm gonna tell you all about it you just gotta tune in this week (laughs) and next week next week we're gonna be bringing you a um you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to do some kind of holiday theme to the show. I don't really quite have, you know, an idea yet. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of kind of adding a, a Christmas holiday vibe to the show. I'm still formulating something. So, uh, you know, last year I did the naughty list. Maybe I'll do the nice list. But if I don't do the nice list, I'll still try to keep the the, the, the Christmas spirit in, uh, in, in, in next week's show. So uh, not sure what it's going to be, but you'll have to tune in to find out. And that's what's going on in the world of kicking out at two. Awesome. Which you can find, by the way, on this network, Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Search for the W. Links to archive shows are up on our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. And our Twitter, which I don't get a lot. I don't get a lot of time to to, to, to be a part of that. But, you know, 20, 2020 is going to be the year where I, I put a more concerted effort into Twitter. Our handle's at kicking out two. Awesome. And you can always find you on SoundCloud, right? And your illustrious archive yep, there. I'm over, yep, I'm over there. That's that's kind of like where it all starts. But, um, you know, you can find me on SoundCloud as well, soundcloud.com. Just search Kicking Out It Too. Um, and any other podcast platform available by searching Retromania with a W, and you'll find all the great shows of Kicking Out It Too, as well as all the other content we have on the network. Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Stitcher, all the, all the podcast platforms available. You'll find every show this network has to offer, and then some. Yeah, we're, we're gearing up. We're getting close to uh, 200 episodes on our archive, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. Very cool. Really close. We have 193 episodes right now. Um, so yeah, and over 300 hours of wrestling content for your ears. It's always fun and evergreen podcast. So go back and listen to those. There's the origin of attitude, Hawkmania's is dead, Gaijin wrestling radio, all the illustrious shows that Dave produces those great little themes that you do, um, and continue to carry on as you've grown over the years. Um, three years strong that you and I have both been podcasting and one year together on this network. This next year is the one, but that being said, let's uh, get into this last one of Marking Out the Day's Weekend Warriors. Actually, no, wait. Before we do that, let's get into the last one and done, rather. Okay. This week, my one and done is going to go to Keith Lee on NXT. It seems like lately everything he's done has just been received very well by the audience. His performance at Survivor Series, the NXT TakeOver War Games, his interactions with uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Finn Balor on NXT this past week. 
I could really see him moving up the ladder and becoming a big player in NXT. A lot of people are saying main roster with Raw and SmackDown, but um, I wouldn't mind seeing him stay on NXT, building to maybe a title match between him and Adam Cole, whether it's at the the uh, the, the takeover at WrestleMania weekend, uh, maybe even sooner on a major NXT show. Um, the upcoming one, December 18th, looks like it's going to be pretty loaded, but yeah. I've been watching Keith Lee for quite some time. I've been very impressed with the guy's size. Reminds me of a, a, a smoother, more refined version of Mike Awesome without all the hardcore stuff and, and a little bit more charisma. Uh, the fact that a guy his size moves around the way he does and it's just so fluid, it's very impressive. And to me, Keith Lee's performance this week on NXT, his interaction with Finn Balor, that moment where Balor held the guns up and Lee rose up, and the way they shot it, man, it was just pure money right there. And that's why Keith Lee is my one and done this week here on Weekend Warriors. Good call, Dave. Um, I'll I'll have to say that was a really good call. Keith Lee is impressing me more and more each time I see him. I, w- I haven't been too exposed to him other than what I've caught on NXT, and they've really built the guy up. Um, and haven't haven't really um haven't really delayed much on that they've just gone full throttle with him uh, so far and uh, I guess we're getting into the next year like you said possibly in December with that match with him and Adam Cole uh, my one and done for this week is actually from AEW it's the Cody Rhodes segment um, when he came out to the ring he's suited up and he ran down the blade the butcher the bunny he ran down MJF all his situations going on. Uh, he caught us back up on the product and storylines that are going on that we have been basically been thrown at us for the last couple weeks. Um, and he he's carrying himself much like Nature Boy Ric Flair. This was so reminiscent to me of a Nature Boy Ric Flair um, promo. I mean, all the, the glitz and glamour. He had red bottom shoes. He had a, a nice M3 watch. Um all this money, $50,000, he handed out $100 to one of the fans. Um, it, it, it's it's like Ric Flair, but there's a hint of Dusty in there. Like he's doing it for the good right now. But we could get to a, a nice turn or a plot twist with Cody eventually uh, or a change in his character. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I can't say enough. Go watch that promo from Cody. He put both those angles over the ones that were kind of questioning the last couple weeks, and he put himself over and put the other people over. Um, It's just great stuff there. All right. Well, that's our one and done. Well, you ready to get into the actual last day then, rather, Dave? Yes, I am. It's a, it's it's a very sad day, but I'm looking forward to uh, to recapping and covering December the fifth, nineteen ninety two. WWF superstars Tara Hout, Indiana. Um, Terry Hute. Terry Hute, excuse me. Uh, such it's, a it's, hute. It's such a weird place to. I don't know. Yeah, that's a. I thought Vince announced it Hout or Hut or I don't uh, know. But anyhow, Terry Terry story. Hogan. Terry Hogan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terry who? Terry uh, who? <laughs> um. Vince and Bobby the Brain need to open up the show this week, and Vince suggests that Bobby doesn't have a heart, oh. but. Bobby disagrees and says he has a black heart because of Mr. Perfect. He's got plans for him that include Razor Ramon and Ric Flair, and he says that anybody who who was who got behind Mr. Perfect will all have broken hearts just like him. Hmm. And he was and, very uh, emotional here. 
Yes, he sounded like he was going to cry. Good job, you know, good job by Bobby. Um, I mean, Bobby's a pro, so, you know, you couldn't expect anything less from him. Um, Vince then runs down the card. we got Shawn Michaels in action along with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. A special interview with Nails, Yokozuna in action, as well as Kamala. And we open this week's episode of Superstars with... High energy. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the timing on that was perfect. Taking on Barry Horowitz and W.T. Jones. Yeah. Vince asks what W.T. stands for, and Bobby says, wasting his time. That's so that funny. Was- thought that was pretty good. Vince like also said, says uh, when high energy is coming out, he says, all right, Bobby, time to loosen up. You know, like the straps. Oh, yes, yes, on, yes, uh, yes. Owen's uh, harness. Oh, my Sorry. God. <sighs> Sorry. Oh. Last one, folks. That was the last one. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> WT. Uh, WT. Yeah, exactly. What does that stand for? <laughs> Oh my goodness! That was the last one, folks. <laughs> you gotta give me a minute here. Sorry. I can't believe. <laughs> yeah, there's plenty of piped-in reactions during this match too. Oh it's yeah. Sad. What for your joke or the match itself? Oh both. <laughs> both. I mean, when you... you watch post post production, you're gonna get like a studio audience like round of applause <laughs> put in behind you after your joke. I yeah. fucking should. Yeah. Oh my god. That'd be great. Um, and Bobby says, "Is that Coco's hair or a landing strip for the bird?" Oh, that was great. Which I thought was pretty good. Um, the finish comes when Owen lifts uh, WT almost in like a slingshot type position. As Coco drop kicks him and Owen rolls him up for the victory. Nothing really special to see here. It's an enhancement match. Just like every other fucking match we've recapped on Superstars this this season here. Pretty um, much. Go to commercial, come back from the break, and it's Yokozuna making his way to the ring to face Mark Morgan. Um, Mr. Fuji still rocking the 007 odd job attire with the top hat and the, the, uh, the, 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 the tuxedo. Uh, typical Yokozuna squash match. We get the commentators really putting him over more so than they have in in, in recent memory with any newcomers. Um, really, really made you feel like you know he's a big deal and he's going to be a big deal. Yeah, like who um, can stop this man? He hasn't even broken broken a sweat. Yeah, you know? nobody's I mean, just, even pushed him to the limit. Here was an interesting uh, little comment from Heenan. He toyed with the idea of cutting a deal with Mr. Fuji for Yoko's services to handle Mr. Perfect. Mm. Um, thought that was. Uh, Thought that was interesting. Um, and then Vince hints at the notion that Heenan isn't confident in Flair or Ramon getting the job done, which to me, and maybe you could answer this as well, this felt like a subtle hint of Flair's pending departure. Yes. Um, like, it's up in the air. Obviously, he knows that he might be, he might have given his 90 days by now. Yes. You know? Yep. Because I believe. Where they were located for that episode, Terre Haute, Indiana, um, that episode was taped on October the 27th, the same night they taped the Saturday night's main event that would air a couple of weeks later. Okay. So I feel like um, maybe that was right around the time when Flair did give his notice. But then again, the the, the commentators are post-production in studio with a green screen, so... um, who knows? But, um, yeah, the finish comes. Yokozuna gives him a bonsai drop. The end. Um, we get an event center with Sean Mooney. And we get a green screen promo from Crush. 
and he says that right now, if I was back in Hawaii, I'd be sitting on the beach, sipping a drink, and smashing coconuts. But everywhere, the temperature has dropped, brother. Things are getting crazy in the WWF. There's a lot of turmoil these days, and I feel right in the middle. But I'm gonna climb. But my climb to the top's been rocky, and I'm not finished yet. Crushing one head after another, and I will continue to do so with all your support. I'm more like a hiki, a waka chiki <laughs> Shit, that was pretty perfect. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But pretty it, much it, what he did here, he borrowed Tito Santana's script, but then added a few Hawaii references because it seemed like Tito used to just do like, oh, "I'm going to the top of the WWF with all your support, and the no. fans are number one, and I love you all." Insert, insert racist stereotype here. Insert yeah. racist stereotype here. Uh, that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> you are correct. Um, <laughs> And then we get a Razor Ramon green screen promo, and he says, I come from the gutter. I know that. Got no education. Who needs that? Look at me now, man. My name is in lights. I rocketing to the top of the WWF. But then along comes Mr. Perfect. Chico Nobody's perfect. You double-crossed Razor Ramon, and now you got to face me, mano in mano, man to man. And perfect, I'm going to treat you like a street punk. I'm going to carve you up. Oh, perfect. I noticed during this, though, I think he pronounces it laser so that he can like have that tone you know he has a l at the beginning or he rolls his r really well oh okay but all right that was Good observation I, yeah i didn't know that um i'll work on that next are time are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna get a, a square a, are we gonna get to see razor and mr perfect though that's the question you know does this um, yeah. go there i mean does it does are let's let's i don't uh, think immediately forward. does i don't it? think immediately but i think it will get I think they will cross paths at some point. Okay, I don't recall. I think, I neither do I. I'm just, I'm just spitballing here. Um, go to commercial. We come back from the break, and it's Max Moon with his fucking laser beams <laughs> as he's facing Brian Costello. Um, some kids run down to go see Max Moon, though. So you know, can't. Yeah, I guess too much. Yeah, no, you, you, no, you can't. I mean, it was, it was geared towards kids. I get it. Um, Costello tried to catch him off guard at first, but Moon, you know, he, sh- he showed he was too quick for him. We then see a clown walking in the background through the audience as he gives a little girl an animal balloon. Uh, they still, on commentary, they don't know his name. Um, you get a Max Moon picture in picture. I didn't think this match could get any worse, and then they gave us that. Um, he's finally arrived in the WWF, and he's ready for the task ahead. That's to launch his opponents into orbit. Yeah. When you have insert racist racist stereotypes here, now you have insert intergalactic stereotypes <laughs> into this promo. Spatial. Spatial promo. Yeah, we have racial and spatial stereotypes. <laughs> it was like Vince watched an episode of the Jetsons and fucking told him to read off this script. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um Ooh, I would be. That'd be nice if he had like a robot, like a uh, manager that was like, Max Moon and I will take on anybody in the WMUF. That would have been pretty cool. That I would, I would have dug that. I would have dug that. You know, would have been even better. 
Let's rebook the territory here for a minute, okay? You want to get fucking stupid, like with the rocket launcher thing up the steps and his little fucking arm shooting laser sure. beams? Why didn't you just come out in a flying fucking car? It's Ooh. not like they couldn't have done it in 1993. Yeah, you know or like I mean? the, that podium that Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan had, but just have a black carpet draped over the bottom, and then he's got a car on the top, so it looks like it's floating. Or they could have just fucking taken Macho King's old uh, <laughs> yes. uh, throne yeah. and had a bunch of fucking people in spacesuits carrying it. Yes. And he could have just sat atop it shooting his laser beams <laughs> off the fucking throne. Throne me a bone here. Oh, shit. Uh, speaking of Going lasers, out now, I'm, Going now, out we're, now we're mixing it up. Uh, how about Laser Ramon? And he's got laser lasers Ramon. Now. Hey, Chico, <laughs> say hello to the bald guy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey Chico, you complete me. <laughs> oh shit. Very good. <laughs> Anyhow, back to this match. That's how great it was. We're rebooking 1992. Um on commentary they were showing Doink or not Doink, the clown yet to be named Doink. Um <laughs> In the crowd, and Bobby seemed like he was annoyed with him, um, almost like the clown was a baby face. Um, mm. And then they show him spraying uh, silly string in the audience, and then we get Max Moon delivering a sloppy rolling fireman's carry to set up a reverse flying crossbody for the win. Yeah, thank fucking god. And then we get WWF Magazine update with not Lord Alfred Hayes. No, promotional consideration not paid for by me. I think I've gotten into <laughs> a car accident. <laughs> oh, did he? Was it this time? I don't know. I don't know. Later in years, he gets into a like a life changing car accident, and he's like paralyzed and in pain. Really, I didn't know that. Life. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, anyhow, Gene Mean with the magazine update is he's in the stands of an empty arena discussing Bret Hart's upcoming title defense against who the fuck knows. Um, thanks, thanks for the hype, Gene. Uh. We get clips of some of Brett's biggest career accomplishments thus far. His SummerSlam tag team title win with Jim Neidhart over Demolition and his SummerSlam 1991 Intercontinental Championship victory over Mr. Perfect. Um, Gene then puts over his grueling schedule of title defenses recently, including the Berserker on Primetime Wrestling, Papa Shango on Saturday Night's Main Event, Virgil on Superstars, and Shawn Michaels at the Survivor Series. Undoubtedly the hardest working WWF champion in history, according to Gene Mean. Um, then we get, then we Gene, uh, excuse me. <laughs> then Gene brings us to some pre-recorded comments from his sit-down cocktail hour with number one contender Ric Flair earlier this week. Gene suggests that Flair is obsessed with being the champ for a third time, but says it's hard because he's always thinking about Mr. Perfect. Flair says he's obsessed with greatness and being number one. To be number one, you have to be the WWF champion, according to Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect travels the world emulating being Ric Flair. He says that he will deal with Mr. Perfect when the time is right. And then Gene uh, is laying it on pretty thick here uh, with the questions. I don't know if it's the Chardonnay, but um, he says that the relationship with Mr. Perfect was just as beneficial to Flair as it was to Perfect. And he also reminds Flair that he lost the WWF Championship to Bret Hart via the sharpshooter. Flair approaches these comments from a different angle and says that Bret Hart beat a man that stubbed his toe in a nothing happening town in a nothing happening country, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Bret is riding high because he beat Ric Flair, which makes him big time. 
they preview a rematch between the two, it sounds like, but they're not they're not really giving us a date when. Um, Flair predicts that he's on his way to his third title and that Bret Hart's days are numbered. I thought this segment was pretty good. I liked it a lot, too. I did, too. You know, the, the one thing about Flair that I've noticed going back watching older stuff in recent years is that as much as people say that, like, he's a really good heel, a lot of times with his opponents, he always gave them the credit where the credit was due in terms of their athletic ability. Yes, you know but putting I mean? himself over, too. Yes, he put himself over. Don't get me wrong. But he also gave credit for the skills that his competitor brought to him in the match. You know, even even during his rivalry with Dusty Rhodes in the NWA, he still put over how, how great of a, an opponent Dusty was in character, which... In, in, at least in WWF time and in WWF standards, that's something you didn't see. Yeah, no, it, it was. It's a good. Uh, it's a good contrast to the way that we normally have the faces and heels booked in WWF. Absolutely. Yeah, they're kind of stealing from the old. Like Flair always did that. He did that very well. Oh yeah, for sure, absolutely. Um... Next up, we have Dr. Harvey Whippleman introducing Kamala to the ring, accompanied by Kim Chi, as he's set to face a future sex trafficking pedophile rock and roll buck sumo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, what does that indicate? Just, uh, yeah, he gets the first stink face ever during this match. I noticed that, too. It's in my notes. I took a picture. I'll post it on the uh, the WWF, uh, I mean WWF, the the Retromania Facebook page. yeah, yeah, he got the first stink face, just ass all right in his fucking face. Yeah, and that, I'm sure that was, yeah, it was not pretty. Um, but guess what? He fucking deserved it. Yes. Because he's a fucking pedophile piece of shit. Um, we got a picture in picture from Harvey and Kim Chi, and Harvey turns down the rumors that Kamala is getting soft. As long as Kamala does what he says, there won't be any problems, which... Now it sounds like to me they're teasing a split between the two. Possibly a turn uh, for Kamala. Yeah, and then we get a big splash from Kamala despite not covering him properly for the win. Um, you know what I've noticed? A lot of he turns have fucking and splits. him to death. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's that's a good point. Yeah, but I mean this is 1992. Um, <laughs> he yeah. should have beaten him to death. <laughs> He should have hit him with his big Uganda (laughs) right in the face. Um, Yeah, we've gotten a lot of turns and splits in our timeline with guys. Yes. Nasty Boys leaving Jimmy Hart, Mr. Perfect leaving Ric Flair, Kamala possibly leaving Harvey Whippleman. I mean, we've got in in our timeline, a lot of people are are splitting off with each other. Yeah, it's um, it might be due to losing some of the talent, you know? Yeah, um, some of the top talent like Warrior and Savage not really working as much anymore, or they're trying to and not. David Boy for smoking crack, smoking crack, yeah. So smoking crack with Jim Nardo. You gotta switch some things up. Um, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's interesting how much stuff we've seen from WWF along the timeline. Yeah, get a um. A commercial with Reverend. We get a commercial only coming back from the break. Excuse me. We got Reverend Slick talking about his moments of reflection this last year. He knew his calling was the need to spread the word abroad, and his calling is he's been sent to be a missionary in the WWF. Wow, that'll work wow. out, right? 
Yeah. Where does this even go? You know, spoiler alert, he manages Kamala. Ah, okay. Yeah. Like, brings Kamala back from the dark side. Okay. Not a bad twist. I like how they put those segments kind of back to back, too. Yeah, they kind of, yeah. Okay. I get, yeah, no, I, I could I could see why they did that. Um, anyhow, uh, our next match, Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on Dale Wolf. Um, we get a shot of the clown now at ringside. He's over the guardrail, and he's by ringside area, um, kind of portraying a mime, I guess you could say. Um, this match, literally, I can tell you exactly what happened word for word. The bell rang, Duggan clapped, the fans clapped. Um Gave him an airplane spin body slam, then his three-point stance clothesline for the victory. It was over. Yeah. Um, we come back, and it's Mean Gene at the interview platform, and he introduces Nails. And Gene reminds Nails that he's faced the biggest and the best in the WWF since he's arrived, but his toughest test is coming in the form of The Undertaker. Now, let me ask you something. Aside from the big boss man, who the fuck has Nails wrestled on TV in our timeline that's the biggest and the best? Virgil. Fucking Brian Costello. Virgil. Joey Maggs. Virgil. Dale Wolf. Virgil. Dwayne Gill. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I know. Uh, Anyhow, and, and again, how did they do this promo? Did he do it like his regular voice in front of the audience, and then they automated it after, or what? Like, how do they do that? That's what's. To be honest with you, I don't know. I felt like that he he actually did it in that automated voice, but it didn't sound so automated, you know, because the crowd was reacting to it and the microphone. Like, I don't know. I felt maybe it was automated, but anyhow. Um, Nails makes it perfectly clear that I'm an innocent man that was put in prison for crimes I did not commit. I wasn't born a criminal. I was made one by years of systematic abuse by people like you, Undertaker. You're one of the toughest men in the WWF, but you really don't know what tough means. You've never been in a prison yard fight, never been in solitary confinement, caged up like a wild animal. Undertaker, you never had six prison guards fuck you in the I mean, wake you up at 3 a.m., beating you from head to toe, trying to suck your, I mean, break your legs, give you a blow, I mean, your arms. I'm an innocent man found guilty. I appoint myself your judge, your jury. And your sex, ex- I mean, executioner. Yes, very well fucking done. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Uh, and you know what the funny thing is? Uh, granted, it's 1992, and like, you know, obviously, you know, this isn't, they wouldn't, you know, incorporate this into the, the, the storyline, but every prison stereotype is brought up oh, <laughs> in, in, when it comes to nails, except for the fucking shower times and all the other fucking stuff that we see on TV. Right. You know, they just I just find this to be funny. clear of that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Undertaker, don't drop the soap. Yeah. 
me and my Aryan brotherhood when we were in there. You know, yeah. 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 Undertaker, I traded you for four cigarettes. <laughs> oh, shit. And I got extra yard time with Paul Bearer. When I win the match, I'm going to the commissary window. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, Alright we go to commercial We come back from the break It's Tatanka going one on one with Louis Spicoli oh. um, Tatanka pretty much dominant throughout this match Over Louis Samoan drop for the win um, more, more, more issues uh, More talk of brain uh, And his issues with Mr. Perfect uh, was, was, was brought up Throughout this match Then we get another event center with Sean Mooney Sean and it's a Mooney. Bob Backlund green screen promo. Oh, I didn't know and his name was actually Ricky Bobby Backlund because he fucking lifts his hands up and just keeps them there the entire promo. <laughs> and I saved the video. I'm gonna post it on the Retromania Facebook page. So he's got the he's got the generic WWF green screen logo in the background because the art department probably couldn't come up with a with an even more boring logo, <laughs> just as boring as his personality. Um Bob reminds us he's back in the WWF. He talks about holding the title for six years, and he's got a lot of goals to attain. He knows he's going to be an underdog, but he likes it, and he's going to fight for the people because he loves us. And throughout this whole promo, he you sounds gave like more he's charisma with... than him. And throughout the well, thank you, I appreciate that. Um, and throughout this whole promo, he sounds like he's whispering so Mrs. Backlund can't hear him molesting me in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm sorry, I trampled on that, but yeah. That's uh, okay. That's all right. Okay. He was just like, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be the WWF <laughs> champion. I held I held your dick for six years. I mean, the title for six years. <laughs> yeah, for real. Be quiet, Mrs. Backlund's in the next room. <laughs> Told you to bite the pillow. <laughs> Oh shit! But with his hands just up in the air. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So what, what a what an oddball. Um. Anyhow, we get a uh, another green screen promo with Damien Demento, who doesn't have a logo either, because apparently the art department couldn't find anything crazy for his personality. Um. And then he issues a warning to all his adversaries in the WWF: he shall win, and they shall suffer terminal cancer. I mean, terminal <laughs> defeat. Um. Yeah. This whole Damien Demento is a hard no from me. No, um, I, I do like the uh, the coat though. It's like a mouth that's open. Yeah, the, that's cool. That's yeah, about it. That's the only thing. Like that. Like if you stuck that in the middle of the ring without him, the person, it would probably get over yeah. more than him. Yeah. <laughs> um, coming next, making his way down the ring, entering the Royal Rumble at number twenty-seven, Damien Demento's mouth coat. <laughs> And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> Pretty much. He's being brought down on the podium. Absolutely banana brain. <laughs> um, then we're treated, because this, this is a big thing, especially on, on, on this show. We get a third green screen promo on Event Center. I think this is the first here on Weekend Warriors from the Nasty Boys. Um, Jimmy Hart Money Incorporated, it's time for you to pay your dues in Nastyville. Um. Pretty much. Then we, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, we're going to commercially come back from the break, and Vince pimps the merchandise catalog as we get Shawn Michaels making his way to the ring. Um, his opponent, John Paul, who... Not Levesque. No, 
No, not not <laughs> good call. Um, didn't even think of that. Um, but John Paul, I don't know if this is true or not, but he had a striking rese- striking resemblance to Lance Von Eric. Really? If you go back and watch it, he kind of looked like the guy who played Lance Von Eric in World Class. Is it the I same might guy? Be, I don't know. I might be wrong, but hmm. I just that was like the first thing that came to me. Um. Yeah, nothing, nothing really to write home about for this match. Commentators talk about a possible match with Marty Jannetty down the line. Um, crescent kick by Michaels to set up that god-awful side suplex for the win. Um, and Vince, Vince sends us to a video package of the perfect athlete as Bobby the Brain Heenan is refusing to watch this. We get a video montage of Mr. Perfect's old vignettes with his theme music playing in the background going into commercial and coming back from the break we close this episode of superstars out as we see the clown uh in the audience interacting with the fans as vince runs down next week's show we got marty Jannetty, bam bam bigelow the undertaker an interview with bret hart and next week they will announce the main event for the royal rumble Ooh. there you have it that's it this episode of superstars is in the books yes indeed um john paul not Lance Von Erich, but he did wrestle in the WWF from 1992 to, ni- to 1994 and was uh, the Continental Wrestling Association Tag Team Champion with one Tracy Smothers. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tracy Smothers, huh? <clears throat> hmm. Still, still working the indie scene? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that WWF Superstars episode was pretty good. Um, it's, it's leading us. It's definitely the origin of the new generation. Uh, is what we're on right here. Um, they are they're picking out the guys that they want to push for the future. It's obviously Owen and the uh, Coco Beware, uh, the Nasty Boys. <laughs> High energy. Um, Yokozuna is going to be one of those guys. Bret Hart, obviously. Shawn Michaels as well. And these are the toys that are featured as well for Hasbro for this year, 1992 to 1993. Crush, too. Um, you know, those big names that we're talking about there. Undertaker. Yes. Um, yeah, all these people that are going to be part of the new generation, um, leaders of it, if you will. Yes. Yeah. Good episode. I liked it. I dug it. Yeah. Yeah. I dug it too. I had fun with it. Um, you ready to get into this episode of WCW Saturday night? Yes. And by the way, I apologize that it just so happened in our rotation. You happened to cover the longer episode on our last episode of this weekend warriors. Cause you and I usually, we cringe when we have when we look at the timestamp of how much we have to cover. I mean, it it would of, be okay. Uh, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an hour and twenty minutes for this one, so I guess they had two hours to fill. But it's a good thing that they're moving a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like it's not like they have time to fill. Um, Jesus Christ, they fill so much shit into this episode. Um, that's why it's always hard for you and I to cover those longer ones. Um, but. We like the 45-minute or hour condensed version over... Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. When, when you see on the bottom of the screen that due to technical difficulties at the time, we've tried to restore the footage as best we can, that's usually a win for us. Yeah. When, we're, <laughs> <laughs> when we recap, it's like, yes! Mm-hmm. And then we'll go to recap, and there'll be something like up close with Tony Schiavone next with Dr. Death, and you never saw it the entire episode. Uh, it's like, all right, maybe that's where the technical difficulty was. Yeah. <laughs> you know? This one is a full-on show, so you'll see how much filler stuff that they have as we get into it. We get a rundown of tonight's matches which is going to be um 
Dustin Rhodes against Stunning Steve Austin, as well as the unified tag team champions Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat going defending their titles. Um, and then the main event, Rick Rude teaming with Vader to go against WCW champion Ron Simmons and his partner, Sting. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like that main event. <clears throat> yes, should be good. Excuse me. We go ringside to Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco, who are our hosts and commentators for this episode. They tell us that Barry Windham has been fined $5,000 for his assault on the referee and his assault on Dustin Rhodes that took place uh, last week on WCW Main Event. That's the Sunday episode that airs after uh, WCW Saturday Night. Uh, the one that's still not on the network, damn it. Yeah, that's not on the network. Worldwide's not on the network. Power Hour is not on the network. Yeah. yeah. A lot of stuff missing, but uh, yeah, so that happened. Uh, that took place. Barry Windham five, fined $5,000. Then we go to our first match. It's Too Cold Scorpio making his um, weekly in-ring debut, I think, on here on Superstars. Or did we already get a match from him? Um... No, I think we got a match from him. We might have gotten one match from him, but it, yeah, okay. Another but showcase anyhow. match for Too Cold Scorpio to go against Bob Cook. Um, not some. It, it was a decent showcase for Too Cold Scorpio here. Some drop kicks. Then he hits Bob Kick with a super kick that looked better than Shawn Michaels, and follows it up with a better move than Shawn Michaels would follow it up with with a 450 splash. One, two, three. Too Cold Scorpio is on fire. Um, we go to an interview with Too Cold Scorpio after the match with Jim Ross. And uh, Too Cold Scorpio says, when the battle bolt's done, everybody is going to know who I am. All right, so he's going to be involved in the battle bowl coming up at Starcade 1992. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, back from a commercial, we are with Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco. They let us know the upcoming NWA heavyweight title match that'll be uh, taking place at the Omni. It's going to between it's going to be between Masahiro Chono and the Great Muda. Um, that's going to be a great one. Uh, it's going to be the first ever two Japanese wrestlers competing for the NWA heavyweight title. Really? Yes. Okay. So uh, even after all the years, the NWA champion used to go over to Japan, and well, this, they, is, the this is the first time two. Two Japanese wrestlers yep. wrestling for the NWA title. Yes. All right. I like that. Okay. Yeah, and we get a recap of the great Muda and his time spent in WCW and NWA, which is not a little bad showcasing and a recap of the great Muda reminding everybody who he is before his match with Masahiro Chono going down at the Battle Bowl, Starcade 1992. Giving us a reason to care. I like it. Yes. Then the next match, what's this? It's a ripoff like song of ZZ Top or that song. It's Tom Zink and Johnny Gunn. Um, and they kind of like cut back and forth to them like shopping for clothes. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> They're going against Mustafa Saeed and Rex Cooper. Uh Larry says, Zink and Gunner training together. They're practically living in each other. I mean, living with each other. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> living in each other. Yeah, what was going on when they were put, when they were trying clothes on in those fitting rooms? Yeah. 
We get a dr- Tom Zink. <laughs> Nothing to see in this match here. We get a big drop kick from Tom Zink uh, to Rex Cooper. One, two, three. Uh, during the match, Larry is like, uh, this other guy here, I don't I don't even know how to say his name. And Jim Ross likes Mustafa Saeed. He's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Larry. Uh, yeah. We go studio side with Larry Zabisco, and he has an interview with Shanghai Pierce and Tex Slashingzer. Slash, 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 slashinger. I know, right? It's, it's, yeah. Slashinger, slashinger, slashinger. Slashinger, yeah. And they're here to talk to y'all about Johnny Gunn and Tom Zink. And we saw that video of them, Tom uh, and and Johnny, and they they were trying on clothes and everything. And we had an idea, and we picked up something real pretty for them little pretty bad boys. And they got a little uh, little duffel bag, or a little brown bag, rather. And they say they're going to teach these boys how to squeal, squeal real pretty. And uh, Larry Zabisco, with no emotion, goes, Oh, what's in the bag? <laughs> and uh, that's the end of that. I can only imagine Larry Zabisco being in the movie Seven. Um, and yes. he's like, oh, what's, what's in the box? Yeah. Hey, hey, what's in the box? Yeah. Uh, they going to do butt stuff in that dressing room. Pretty much. The uh, So Shanghai Pierce and Tex Slashender are going to rape and uh, uh Get the pretty boys all lubed up, and I don't know. I guess they got dildos, a, a dress. We got so. chewing tobacco spit in this brown paper oh. bag. We gonna grease up that Z man rotten his little his little fuck hole. Oh, Jesus, pretty much. <laughs> then we gonna shoot one right inside Johnny Gun. That's right. We are gonna shoot one inside Johnny's gun. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I'll let him wear my mask. <laughs> God. It's going to be the scene from uh, fucking uh, Pulp Fiction. Oh, God. And then their theme music will change to... (laughs) We got like three movie references right here. That's good. Yeah. All right, back to ringside, and it's Jim Ross and Larry Zbysko talking about the strongest arm contest in WCW. Obviously, Mr. Wonderful wins that because one arm is stronger than the other, right? No. Kidding. I'm fucking wrong. Um... They show us the first round action from November. That's from jerking yes, off. You exactly know that, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> he got a sub- he got a year subscription to Brazzers. Wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah. They show us the first round action from November seventh. Ron Simmons against Stunning Steve Austin, and Ron Simmons defeats Stunning Steve in the arm wrestling match. Ron Simmons will then face the winner of Barbarian and. Arn Anderson, which they show us a recap of that from November 14th. Um, Barbarian wins that with Jesse Ventura is the host of it. I don't know which program this aired on, but it's obviously, you know, taking places on the like a day before or the days before that we cover on uh, Saturday Yeah, worldwide or power hour or main event or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then November 21st, we get a recap of Vinny Vegas against Can Hammer, my notes say, which they should Can Hammer, but they never did. Van Hammer hung around for forever. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so Van wow. Hammer against Vinny Vegas. That's an interesting arm wrestling match. Uh, it looked fake as hell. And uh, of course, Van Hammer walked away with the victory. 
Just be glad we're not like fully covering this. Like we didn't have to watch this oh, and then fully cover it. Like you know what I mean? I so, so when so so when they finally decide to release Worldwide or Power Hour on the network, and we have to do we have to do recaps of that, we'll be skipping the the arm le- arm wrestling episodes. Yeah. Actually, no, dude. These dates are the dates of uh, WCW Saturday Night. They must have not aired them then because the, the next one is November 28th. It's a recap of Vader against Nikita Koloff in an arm wrestling match in one of really? Nikita Koloff's last appearances in WCW almost. We've been thinking his last appearance have been since September. Right, right. <laughs> uh, but he's still like, we're, we're totally wrong here. Yeah. Um, like all the time. Yeah, he might have stuck around till 93. Um, yeah. Vader wins that one. But yeah, they must have cut these segments from Saturday night and aired them somewhere else. Um, luckily we didn't have to cover them, but that was the quick rundown. We jump to Teddy Long, who's interviewing Van Hammer and Van Hammer says he's going to be in the strongest arm competition as well as the battle bowl. And he's going to be teaming with Dan Spivey, who's making a return. Yeah. And he's going to be going against the team of Cactus Jack and Johnny B. Bad. Another interesting pairing. That's what happens on these battle bowl lethal lotteries. Yes, I've always been a big fan of the Battle Bowl. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept that I I think it wasn't executed as as good as I I I thought it was back then. But I feel like it's something that could could be very relevant in today's landscape of wrestling. I mean, Cody, I guess from AEW is rumored to have um, picked up the trademark for Battle Bowl, so. Oh, that'd be maybe awesome. We'll see a re- I mean, they already we'll introduced a incarnation of that. Yeah, I'd love that because yeah, I already... thought the Battle Bowl was was cool. Yeah, they already introduced the ring. Oh, that yeah, the, the the diamond ring. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so we can always have a playoff of that coming into uh, play for the Battle Bowl. You know, yeah, you have to defend the diamond ring. Um, yeah, I love the concept as well. And it'll be interesting coverage coming up, uh, bonus content, marking out the days when you and I cover that, uh, Starcade 1992. Yes, that should be a lot of fun checking that out. I, I, I don't think I've ever watched that show from beginning to end, Same. so um, this will be this will be a first for the both of us. It'll be a, I have watched it from beginning to end, but I don't recall. Like, it's that time where I binged everything, so I was kind of like, you know, oh, do, yes, that's right. doing stuff here and there in between, but yeah. Um, gotcha. It'll be nice to cognitively go through it with you um moving along the next match coming to the ring it's cactus jack going against the italian stallion and cactus jack is as dangerous as ever he hits the italian stallion with a leg drop on the apron while the italian stallion's neck is draped over the broad bottom rope um and then he does a senton splash to the outside while the stallion is standing um on the concrete and they crash to the concrete cactus jack gets back into the ring and wins by count out um just the you know continuing the assault there showing how dangerous cactus is and gearing up for this team uh going against uh heavy metal and dan spivey we go to jim ross who brings out johnny b bad and johnny b bad says Scotty KO'd me with a loaded glove, and he's going to rip off Scotty's head and somewhere down the line. And then all of a sudden, Cactus Jack comes down, 
after his match, obviously, and says, You got a glass jaw! And don't get knocked out before Battle Bowl, because I want you in the ring, and I want that ring! Bang, bang! And uh, Johnny B. Bad stammers then, and he says, uh, I'm the only man pretty enough for that Battle Bowl ring. Scotty Flamingo, I want you! He's just like, you know, trying to keep everything tense, but he's just yelling. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It was okay. Commercial and back. It's the Starcade Control Center with Jim Ross. Uh, I've been running the VGAs, the S video cables, to the HDMI, to the VCR, to the laser disc, to the reel to reel, all so I can transmit a fake uh, pre recorded <laughs> interview and run down some matches on the Chiron. Um, here I go. Pretty much. Uh, that's the last sighting of this one. We'll see. Sting. I love it. We talked. We it. tossed the Sting, and he says he's felt the pain of Vader the most out of anybody. So he's the only man that can get him gassed out and beat him, and he'll do it again. Wait, Ron Simmons already beat Vader, but I guess he didn't gas him out. He slammed him and pinned him. So, yeah, Sting. That's if that's your if that's your technique, do it. Get your ass beat and gas Vader out, and then roll him up out of nowhere. All right. Then we toss to Harler. Harley race and Vader in that control center. Um, and Vader says, I do enjoy delivering pain and Oh yeah, I'll do whatever it takes to win that battle bowl sting. So he's involved in the battle bowl as well as the King of cable, uh, finals against Sting. So it's going to be nice. And then Jesus Christ, we get another one in the control center. It's cat. Jesus Christ was on star King. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in the hang him up, man. I wonder what his booking fee oh, is. Jesus, yeah. Um, then it's the control center with Cactus Jack. Uh, Jim asks him if he'll establish teamwork with Johnny B. Bad. And Cactus says, I've always been a team player, of course. And I'm going to try to make it to the battle bowl. But will Johnny? Wait, why would he say that? Is he going to like attack him after the match? That'd be good. That'd be some smart heel tactic. We'll see. Um, so we'll get Sting versus Vader. Rude. Rick Rude versus Ron Simmons for the WCW Championship, as well as Masahiro Chono and Great Muda. Um, yeah, let's watch Starcade. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right. Uh, we go to a commercial and back on WCW Saturday night. Uh it's DDP, Vinny Vegas, and Scotty Flamingo out to face Marcus Bagwell, Johnny B. Bad, and Brad Armstrong, the Georgia Boys. Ah. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, you get your wish, so you already get to face Scotty Flamingo. So he's already excited. This is a this is a, all right. It's nothing. I mean, it, it it they there's a bunch of commotion at the end. Uh, everybody's brawling. We get a side Russian leg sweep from Brad Armstrong to DDP. And one, two, three, that's it. The faces pick up the victory. So they're kind of getting their victory. You know, Johnny B. Bad kind of picking up his win over the heels that kind of got the victory over him at the clash with the loaded glove, in a way, loosely. Add in the fact that you got Bagwell, who had some issues with Paige in Vegas. Yep. And, I mean, Brad Armstrong's a good hand, as they like to say. So, you know, you throw him in the mix. Yeah, I mean, you know, tying up some loose hands, it seems like what this match was. Possibly. We go to a commercial and back, and it's Tony Schiavone and his interview with Vader, Rick Rude, Harley Race, and Medusa. 
Rick Rude is going to whittle away at Ron Simmons tonight. So at Starcade, it's going to be easy pickings when he gets that WCW title. And then Bader says, Sting, you're going to feel the pain again. Yeah. And then he says, hey, Rude, I forgot to mention, if you win the title, you remember Halloween Havoc, I did you a favor. Well, you owe me a favor. You put your name on the dotted line after. Oh, and Rick Mm. Rude looks at the camera, and he's not too pleased about this. But some interesting storytelling. I love it. I do. I like it as well. I like the fact that um, there's times where we think that they just forgot about stuff, but then they remind us, you know, it may take a a little longer, but they remind us of, of certain things that that do need to get tied up. So yeah, this was, this was good. Yeah. Uh, things that we didn't get reminded of this week, Eric Watts, things that should be tied up and thrown away. Eric Watts. Uh, <laughs> sorry. What? All right. Next match is the battle of the underdogs. It's George South. Oh, uh, I saw a crazy, uh, well, not crazy, but a, a fun little documentary of his on YouTube. That's free about the, uh, the bat, the legend of the underdog or the worker jobber man. George South going against Ricky Nelson. There's not too much to see here. Ricky Nelson hooks the arm and flips over the top of George, though. Sweet little finish. Uh, One, two, three. Quick victory there for Ricky Nelson. Yeah. The fucking do. (laughs) We go to a commercial and come back. And it's WCW up close with Tony Schiavone. And he is talking with Barry Windham. Barry Windham talks about the compassion and passion that he has for Dustin, as well as the passion for being in the ring. Um, Dustin and him have had times together that he'll never forget. But Dustin caused Barry Windham to lose the tag team titles. Um, we get a recap of the uh, unified tag team match where um, Dustin and Barry kind of scrap in the ring and Barry gets the... Belly to belly from Shane Douglas and one, two, three, we get new tag team champions. Um, and so Barry's like, you cost me money and it's all about that almighty dollar and you're in the way of it. So uh, Barry's going to set out on a vision quest, he says. So he's going to do some peyote and hang out with Tatanka and get his feathers on. And uh, it's his destiny. <laughs> and this time it's his time. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Barry Windham uh, making some big, bold moves there. He's going to be... Yeah, like that fucking haircut. Oh, my God. It's like a bowl cut with a mullet. Yeah. It's, it's whew, something brutal. Who, who told him that was a good idea? I don't know. Cocaine? He that one himself. For real. I couldn't really focus on the interview because it was just that haircut was just driving me nuts. I was like, like such a fucking fool. You used to be so cool. <laughs> and now you look like a fucking idiot with that haircut. Hard times in 1992. Yeah, hard time for him to find a fucking barber that will tell him the truth. <laughs> well, he's not trusting Jesus. of people right now. He's cutting his own hair. <clears throat> and he just got that cast off his hand. Give him some credit, Dave. Yeah, he turned heel on his barber and his fucking common sense and just about anything else. Uh, we go. My goodness. <laughs> we hit a commercial again because this is an hour and 20 fucking minute show. And we come back, and it's Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco, and they let us know that the banged-up Dustin Rhodes is going to take on uh, the man that's coming out now that Tony Schiavone is going to interview, Stunning Steve Austin. 
and we go ringside and Steve Austin says, uh, Dustin, you know, it's a shame you don't have some type of alliance. And I saw that breakup coming from a mile away. And tonight, I'm going to finish what Bobby started. So, uh, yeah, Dustin Rhodes has a cast on his hand right now from the damage that uh, Barry Windham has done to him with the chair. Uh, nice little plot twist there. Barry Windham had the, co- the cast at the beginning of the year. Now Dustin has the cast. But different results and different altercations. A long-winded, long story here between these guys. One of the best rivalries yeah. of 1992. Oh yeah, it's 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 been it's been consistently good throughout the course of this timeline. Yes. Um, next up, we get Shane Douglas and Ricky Steamboat, the unified tag team champions, going against Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker and Chick Donovan. Ah, Chick Donovan. He looks like a roided up version of one of those dark crystal trolls. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the one with the little the beak, the, the diamond yeah. in their stomach. Yeah. No, the one with the fucking beak. I'll, I'll post a picture on uh, our Facebook. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Douglas puts a sleeper on Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, and then uh, Ricky Steamboat hits a – or Ricky Dragon – or Ricky Steamboat the Dragon, sorry, hits a crossbody. Yeah, bringing back our greatest yeah. hit. <laughs> Ricky Dragon – Ricky Steamboat the Dragon hits a crossbody on Chick Donovan and crushes his troll nose. One, two, three. Um who will their opponents be at Starcade though? We still don't know because they're going to defend their unified tag team titles, but against who? Hmm. Interesting stuff. We go to uh, commercial and come back, and it's Jim Ross and Larry Zabisco. They recap the attack on WCW main event between Barry Windham and Dustin Rhodes um, with the chair. And our next match in the ring, it's... Stunning Steve Austin, set to go against Dustin Rhodes. Woo! Yeah, it's a quick match. It's a lot of uh, roll-up stuff, really fast pace here. Um, but it's backwards booking. Dustin is the aggressor more. He takes advantage more in this match. Stuff that we talked about weeks prior. With the Barbarian match, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't get that either. I was just kind of like, yeah. But he's he's better served as like... The underdog. You know, come... Yeah, the underdog fighting from, you know, with the underdog who can hit yeah. the bulldog as Dustin hits the bulldog on stunning Steve Austin. Looks like he has him out. But Barry Windham comes out of nowhere, jumps in the ring, smashes on Dustin and he takes off his cowboy boot. They must be related. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, love, I love that you brought that. It's funny that this is our last episode of the season and you're just and we're just bringing up all the greatest. We're, we're pulling them out. Folks. Yeah. We're pulling them all out, yeah. It's like a family reunion. <laughs> yep. Or like Terry Bollea <laughs> inside of uh, uh, his buddy, Brutus. He's pulling it out. <laughs> pulling it all out, dude. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. So, Barry is smashing Dustin with that boot, and Steve Austin gives him a hand holding Dustin um, towards the apron in the ring, and Barry continues to smash Dustin's arm, and we go to a commercial, and that's it. Uh, we get no recap of that, nothing else. Um, no technical difficulties. No, like, follow-up of, like, hey, du- uh, you know, Barry's going to be fined again, or... What the you know, hell? We yeah, just exactly, over yeah, there nothing here. like that. Back to the ring, and it's the main event. It's Rick Rude and Vader coming out 
with their uh, managers, Harley Race and Medusa, going against Sting and the WCW world champion, Ron Simmons. And Ron Simmons has new music from WCW Slam Jam album. That's the album that I think has the uh, Ricky Dragon, the Sting, or Ricky Steamboat, the Dragon. I think it does. You know what, you know what song is on there that I find to be hilarious and it's a guilty pleasure of mine is the new theme from ravishing rick rude mm, on there yeah. you have to listen to it it's fucking hilarious but like so like 90s at the same time like it's just you have to listen to it it's it's nothing like his original theme music that he would you know in wwf it i would i would go out of your way to to, to check it might out might be uh might be at the end of this episode Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we can maybe we can end it post production edit with uh she's simply ravishing. Ow <laughs> That's how it starts. Nice. Spoiler alert. Um yeah, so that's uh that's coming full circle for us talking about Ricky Dragon the Steamboat and then this album finally coming out. Um Sting in this match and Vader, they're going hot and heavy. Sting gives Vader a big back body drop suplex and lifts him off his feet. Vader goes to the outside. Sting then comes out of the middle rope with a tope suicida, but gets caught by Vader, who just runs him into the post, injuring his back, throws... Tope suicida! But from Sting, that's pretty (laughs) impressive. Um... Without him, bl- Mama Mia. I mean, without him blowing his ACL out, of course, you know, he, he did. He yeah. did a good job there. Um, Bader throws Sting into the ring, and then he sits on him and squishes him. Oh man! Um, then I thought of something right here: the comparison of Vader and Yokozuna. Do you think WWF and Vince were like, "We need a fucking big man like that. We need a guy from Japan," and then they got. Uh, Coquina Maxima from the dying um, AWA, which is Yokozuna, and booked him as this big Japanese guy who squishes people. I think they just needed a big guy in general because they lost Andre, and they didn't have a big man that was so dominant. I mean, they had Earthquake and Typhoon, but they, I guess, felt that they were better served um, as a team. Right, but top heel, you know, a world beater. Um, guy yeah. that needs to be beat, kind of like Vader. I mean, we get a lot of like shades of the same stuff throughout the year that we've covered. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's very possible they saw Vader and they're like, oh, we need a big guy like this that can move around and, you know, yeah. It, 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 it's quite possible. But I, I also feel like, too, they've been searching for it since Andre, you know, was really not you know, able to compete anymore. True. And it's possible that they see the interaction here, too, of the uh, NWA and WCW working with New Japan Pro Wrestling. And they're like, by this year, he's going to start getting Tenru, um, the great Sasuke. No. Yeah. No, he'll get um, the great Kabuki. Kabuki. Um, That's right, baby. The Kabuki. Some more Japanese talent, if you will. So, yeah. Um, back to the ring and Sting gives a huge forearm to Vader and just stands up and like no sells the squash after that. Vader chokes him down to the ring like, dude, fucking sell this. And then tags Rick Rude in. Rick Rude beats down Sting, rams him into the corner a bunch, probably reminding him to sell this, gives him a big bear hug. Back and forth uh, beat down from Rick Rude and Vader throughout the match on Sting. And then 
Bader goes for a splash on Sting, hits him. He goes for a second one on the second rope. Misses as Sting ducks. Sting hits a hot tag to Ron Simmons, who is on fire um, right here as he clears house. Fire! Yeah. And then it's a cluster finish. Sting just goes wild. He hits Harley Race off the apron with a punch. And then he clotheslines Bader, and they both flip over the top rope. And then as they're brawling, um, the referee is distracted. Um, looking at them on the outside, Rick Rude climbs to the top rope and delivers a knee to the face on the prone Ron Simmons and then struggles to yell at Bader as he gets in the corner and says, give me the tag, give me the tag. But him and Sting are still tussling. Sting has to get distracted really quickly by Harley Race and Bader jumps and does a weak tag really quick. So they had to get that communication clear, but they did it. Anyhow, Rick Rude comes in. Gives a rude awakening to Ron Simmons. Oh no, one, two, three. He just pinned the WCW world champion. And uh, we go to one fucking final commercial and back. And it's Jim Ross and he's with Rick Rude, Vader, Harley Race, and Medusa. And Rick Rude says, I'm coming for that title, Ron. And then all of a sudden Barry Windham comes out of nowhere and congratulates them and says, next week... It's Dustin, you and I, one-on-one. And Vader drapes his arms over Barry Windham because he didn't get a promo or a word in edgewise and tries to be seen. And that's it. We go off the air. <laughs> and that's your episode of WCW Saturday Night. Um, a lot of stuff to see there, a lot of moving parts. Um, kind of like gearing up for Star- Starcade a lot. Um, you know, Ron Simmons just picked up a pinfall loss to Rick Rude. So uh, he's coming closer to achieving his goal of being the U.S. champion as well as the WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Um, Yeah, I felt like there was a lot, like too many moving parts for this episode, even though that there there was some solid forward progression. There was other stuff there that like I feel like they could have done away with and and, like not put it on the show. You know, the 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 Johnny Gun Z-Man, you know, the the Slashinger Shanghai stuff. They need that. Um, the six man tag with Johnny B bad and, uh, Bagwell and Brad Armstrong against the Vegas connection. Like, yeah, I, I felt like maybe there should have been a little more emphasis on like the, the, the names in battle bowl, you know, even though that they do it randomly, but maybe if like they had more guys coming out and say, well, I've entered into the battle bowl, I'm going to enter into the battle bowl drawing. Like I felt like they didn't get enough of that. You got with two cold Scorpio and Johnny B bad, but that was it. Yeah. And they kind of talked about cactus and then Van hammer and yeah, those little interactions, but yeah, um, we, we can build more in the next coming weeks, I assume. But again, a hundred miles an hour for a show that was, two hours to fill why they 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 crammed so much into there um yeah so what do you think for this week then i i'm gonna go with superstars only because it was shorter it was a lot less to take in but there was still good progression in in the stories and um the segments as well with you know uh heenan on commentary clearly still having issues with mr perfect um Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty stuff, Nails and The Undertaker, which had a pretty strong reaction a few weeks prior when they went face to face. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick superstars. Okay. Um I would say I would say WCW for this week for the show in whole. I mean there was a there were some moving parts, 
but it, like you said, a lot. Um, so I'll give it that for 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 what it's worth. Um, okay, fair enough. I, I guess if we go back, I would say that this this has probably been a tie throughout the weeks that we've been throughout the year. You know, we had some weeks where both you and I thought WCW for a while, and then all of a sudden WWF stepped up their game. Um, yeah. And then sometimes you and I kind of disagreed. Um, but yeah, I would I would say it was kind of even keel if you if you look over it um, over the span of the coverage that we did here on marking out the days. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Hundred uh, percent. No, I would I would definitely agree with you. For a while, someone's got the edge over the other. Um, I do feel like WCW slightly had the better show than Superstars, but for the most part, it wasn't by much. Correct. Yeah. Um, well, that's it, man. That's December 5th, 1992. Um, you and I will be back with that bonus episode covering WCW Starcade 1992, the Battle Bowl. Um, and then. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun yeah, with that. Absolutely. Uh, you know, something I've never really watched from beginning to end before. So, and, and pretty much kind of almost in a way recapping everything that we've covered from WCW during this time period. We'll, we'll be talking about as we watch that show from start to finish on the WWE network. It should be a lot of fun. Yes, it will. And the fun continues as always here on Retromania pro wrestling podcast network. Keep up with us, share rate, review, subscribe, start from episode one again and relive marking out the day's weekend warriors. Uh, start, another podcast series origin of attitude start kicking out a two trading places series um something else gimmick cosplay i mean anything else um hulkamania is dead you can start that uh that will be returning gaijin wrestling radio that's always there and continuing to air i promise you you'll get october november and december by the end of this week so just stay tuned i had to do some editing anyhow um Everybody, thanks for the love and support. And Dave, thank you for your continued uh, companionship and your retrosexual uh, vibes that you've produced here on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network and uh, kicking out it too. Well, thank you. And I I look forward to many more collaborations uh, in the very near future on the network. Yes, indeed. Thank you, everybody. And uh, take care.